1: Studios, the Osbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance.
0: Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast from Osbiz. It is November the 22nd. I'm your host, David Scott. Joined today by Carl Roder And uh, Kyle, six-tenths of percent for the local market, highest close since early June, and the largest one-day increase we've seen since that uh, big pop following the uh, softer than expected US CPR report later this month. Uh, what's not to like?
1: Yeah, and the biggest move I think we've seen in about two weeks, which um, at this point I was just happy to see that the market get out of that range, to be honest, whether it was to the upside or downside. But lo and behold, it was really positive, and it was kind of inexplicable, really. I mean, Wall Street's lead was... I don't know, mixed at best. It was, I don't know, slightly lower, I guess. Um, but uh, a lot of broad-based strength, the kind of COVID China story didn't last a, another day. And yeah, I mean, we were sort of higher across the board. It was it was really quite remarkable. I don't think anyone's complaining and, and got very close to that 7,200 mark once again.
0: Yeah, it's uh, remarkably consistent. Most sectors only recorded a gain of somewhere between a tenth of a percent and four tenths of a percent. There was a few outliers. We'll get to in a second, but just the uniformity of the increase was pretty remarkable. And the one thing as well, volumes, uh, despite the increase that we saw and don't know, nice sort of pop higher, uh, volumes are next to nothing. I'm starting to go wonder already. Are we starting to go and look at a, a a time where we might be going talking about a Santa Claus rally. We've got the World Cup footballs on as well at the moment. People are just going to pack it in already for the year and, uh, and, and shut in the books.
1: Yeah, the holidays come earlier every year, it would seem. I mean, um, Edward Moyer this morning when he was giving us the Wall Street wrap, more or less joked that all, you know, a lot of traders were you know watching, watching the football. Um, I think it was US Wales this morning, so maybe Wall Street had better things to do, managed to uh, draw a draw. Um, but you know, maybe that's the dynamic behind it, but I kind of tried to wryly ask a few questions or or, or put that question to a few guests today that, you know, it's been a pretty tough year. The only thing that you can really do at this point is try to lever up and swing for the fences if you want to try and you know, uh, beautify the books before we click over to, to FY uh, sorry, calendar year 23, which is uh, probably not going to fly past anyone's uh, risk department. So, you just sort of cower away and pretend that, you know, th- this uh, this year didn't happen, you look forward to the next one. So, I don't know, it's, it's very quiet. It's, uh, I don't know, probably revealing the magician's secrets here a little bit, but we're all, you know, even trying to, to contact guests at the moment. It's, um. You know, getting a lot of out of offices and everything. So maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the beginning of the silly season, and you know, maybe that's a good thing for markets. We can get a little bit of momentum if a few of these narratives go the right way.
0: Yeah, you mentioned before that uh, no, the COVID case in China are getting worse in terms of numeracy. Uh, but uh, the, the market today, is a cyclical areas of the market that really performed well. Energy was up you now about 2.6%. The materials just, yeah, 1.2% higher. There's been no move in commodity markets, the bulks in particular, where we get a lot of those revenue streams coming through. The coal miners were absolutely on a tear today again we know there's some uh, some buybacks are underway and the like but uh whitehaven and new hope both up around about seven percent or so for the session just a lazy seven percent really just keeping that big volatile moves we're seeing swings in both directions and uh, yeah it's difficult to go and read rhyme or reason to some of these moves at the moment but uh one thing's for certain is that you uh, know whenever there is a dip in one particular name or a particular sector or the broader index it's still being bought uh there's no sign of it at you uh, know Uh, selling that we saw a couple of months ago kicking through Uh, clearly there's still some people pretty optimistic about what the uh, outlook for interest rates may mean and the prospects for a soft economic landing. But uh, look, uh, going at the individual level, uh, it really was a story of just uh, strength. A virgin UK, uh, the least spoken about bank on the uh, the local market, of course, an offshoot from NAB that was spun out. It's still uh, floating around the local market in the benchmark. It finished up 11%. Its full year results were out at the last night. Then the two coal names, I know, second and third spot, and then technology won. Uh, it was out with its full year results, uh, talking up the prospects for recurring revenue growth and uh, delivering a little carrot to shareholders for uh, their uh, willingness to go and hold on to the stock, a special dividend, and uh, it went and popped high by about 4.9%. Look at the uh, technology one share price. For a tech stock, it uh, performs remarkably well compared to, uh, to peers at the moment, probably for a reason because it's profitable.
1: Yeah, sometimes you know those factors break down and companies' uh, micro um, uh, but fundamentals, I guess you could say, um, you know went out and we actually were fortunate enough of course to have the technology one ceo uh come on this afternoon and have a brief chat and as you're about to tell us i'm sure scuddy it was also our stock of the day
0: yeah so today we went ahead and had a chat with rudy Philippek van dyke from fn arena and also uh mark morland from team invest to go get their take as to where the technology one is worth a bile after these uh, results out today so, I think this is a solid hold. Right. And I would, uh, I would, if there is a stock that you can confidently say, I put in the bottom drawer of my portfolio. This is it. I challenge anyone else to come on up with a better one. Okay. So, you've been in it a long time. So, yes. you, you've done well out of it. $12. Yes. You're saying if it pulls back to, say, 10 Oh, definitely. Right. To get into the uh, bottom quartile is where we like buying it is nine ninety three, which comes back to Rudy really when he was saying ten dollars to be the price, right. and, and then it, it'll go there. Right. I think you know probably because you know, we'll have some sort of market. Right. Space. Let, I don't let, think T and E will do anything let, that'll cause let, let, it. Let's just... So we have a double buy of sorts because <laughs> Marcus i said that. He would go and buy it on a pullback, which makes it really difficult to go and ascertain whether we should go and put it up for uh, the, the potential to go into the uh, the Ausbiz, uh portfolio. I reckon we go and throw it in there. What I think we chuck up it in. For, we need uh, we need something
1: review. with momentum. If This thing's got momentum behind at the moment. We need a momentum play. Let's. I, I reckon we chuck it in.
0: Yeah. Look, uh, long duration names—they've got to come back at some point. And one's already doing well. Hey, it might go and lead the other uh, market higher. We'll see what happens in time. We'll put it in for review. See what the investment committee comes up with when they go and meet at the end of this month. Uh, to the downside, uh, look, there wasn't a lot that's got to be said when it comes to the, uh, the choice for big moves. I know the block was off uh, by about four percent or so on no news. Uh, also, looking nice. the like of uh, Star at its AGM out today it was down two percent or so. Also, Babcor was another one that was out, uh, warning of temporary margin compressions. Uh, which is code for we hope that the uh, what we're seeing at the moment with inflationary pressures and maybe a bit of subdued uh, pricing power isn't going to persist for long. It was off about one percent, but it was down a lot more early in the session. That buy the dip mentality continuing clearly. Well. Begs the question, mate, uh, where do we go from here? Because uh, there's not a lot when it comes to the, uh, the macro drivers out, a lot of Fed speak uh, out overnight. I know that Mary Daly was someone who came out. Uh, but there's, this, there's pretty much the same uh, language has been spoken about. Most members are talking about it, the need for potentially stepping down the other size of rate increases, but the need to continue tightening at this point in time. What breaks this nexus? What, what's going to be the next catalyst? Do we think that's going to go and I uh, know give us some direction?
1: Well, I th- have the sense that it's going to take a few months to get there, and I'm trying to think of a clever way, a clever uh, and a, you know perhaps a li- applicable letter uh, to describe what we're going to see here in terms of growth and probably um, you know equities as well. And uh, casting our mind back to the start of the p- pandemic, when we're all talking about whether it would be a V shape, U shape, W shape, I'm thinking a, um, a an M shape. Uh, sell-off. So, we're going to get this uh, bounce uh, after uh, the the, the recent uh, uh, sell-off that's more or less going to drive the Fed into the position of having to uh, be aggressive with rate hikes once again once uh, those sort of looser financial conditions work through the economy and then we're down again, like in the shape of an M. So, the problem with that, though, is over the next few months, it's going to probably at least suck a few people in, or at least, you know, for the shorter term, investors or traders out there provide some opportunities on the upside. I think the simple fact of the matter is if if China keeps making the right noises, um, the Fed's narrative stays exactly the way it is now, which it quite easily could, and they'll probably go 50 in December, CPI even just sort of um, manages to to, to, to to level out. It, it seems like there's a lot of room for risk to, to rally for better or worse.
0: Yeah, I reckon it might be a bit earlier than a couple of months. I think we might get an answer maybe by the end of this weekend, of course, Black Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales on at the moment. I wrote about... uh no, the resilience of consumer spending, not only here in Australia, but a lot of the uh, developed world over the past uh, past six months or so, it's really caught me by surprise. I would have thought there would have been some uh, some caution shown, but clearly I underestimated the desire of people once they get a taste to go and have the opulent lifestyle to go and let go of it. And uh, one thing that's really caught me by surprise is that we're seeing a big uplift now in recurring uh, credit uh, demand. So the likes of credit card and the like have really started to come back to the fore and it tells you that, so, uh, no, even though we're talking about a recession and people are talking about, you know, uh, potential for job losses and the like. People want to go and keep spending, and they're willing to go and lever up to go and do so. I've seen it a couple of cycles before, and I thought maybe this time would be different. But clearly, I've underestimated. I wonder how strong we might go and see sales coming through. I think it might go and surprise a few people to the upside, including policymakers. When we're talking about this mismatch between demand and supply at the moment,
1: yeah. Well, that was what your view was about today. And in fact, I did uh, give it a little bit of a glance as I always do, and it did stoke my curiosity because one thing that we keep talking about in Australia is, you know, the robust savings rate, households. Savings that we um, ratio that we that, that, that we currently boast, and that's still the case. Maybe I'll be able to sustain our spending into ne- into the next year. But like you said, the uh, American consumer is sort of levering up again, so to speak. Um, credit card debts on the on the rise. And the personal savings rate in the United States, and this is what I checked after I read your piece, is as low as it's been since the GFC. So all those savings accumulated by households um, after the uh, handouts that we saw and the very loose policy that we saw during the pandemic, well, that's that's gone. People aren't paying with cash. They're, they're increasingly resorting to debt at a time too where I'm sure there's a negative wealth effect coming through as well because asset prices are lower. So it begs the question, and I wouldn't want to um, get to the game of predicting things. Um, that's sort of uh, not, my, not my place, not my right to do so, but like you just said, it makes you wonder whether there's going to be a kind of, um, I guess, a, a spectacular bang where, where um, consumption sort of, I don't know, falls right off a cliff.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that savings ratio, of course, is a flow measure. So it doesn't get the aggregate level of savings, which there is still a lot out there at this point in time. But you're right. You know, it just measures basically you know, how much excess households are putting away at this point in time. Here in Australia, before the GFC, we're actually going and spending more than we're all savings for, uh, for a brief period of time. That showed you how much uh, willingness we had to go and lever up uh, should the conditions go and uh, be right. So we'll see what happens this time. But, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a surprise. I, just, I went to Bunnings on the weekend and uh, being a new dad with a house to go and fix up. I spent a bit of time there on the weekends now and I was shocked at the level of this on uh, Saturday afternoon late and it was jammed. I, I could not believe how many people around. And I was thinking, well it's only an anecdote of one but I swear that's being replicated across other parts of the country. There is no spending slowdown going underway, probably quite the contrary. I was, it was amazing how many people were there. We'll see what happens so, you know, around the rest of the country, be paying close attention to those spending figures. Look, uh, ahead of uh, that, of course, we've got the uh, RBA Governor's speech tonight. Uh, I'm not expecting we're going to hear too much about uh, no, anything different from the RBA Governor. Uh, probably going uh, reinforcing there's a need to go and do more, but also to proceed with caution from here. We'll see what he says at 7.30 tonight. Uh, apart from that, uh, tomorrow is going to be all about those uh, flash PMIs out and maybe giving us a bit of a sense real time as to this recession talk. Uh, we've been saying it over and over and over again, but uh, it might give us a bit of a clue as to what we're looking at right now, particularly... Uh, some of the divergences what we might come and see uh, compared to the United States with Europe. That's what I'll be paying pretty close attention to.
1: Yeah, absolutely, ditto. And uh, just the title of Governor Lowe's speech tonight, Price Stability, the Supply Side and Prosperity. So might get an interesting discussion again on uh, the RBA's uh, view on how much of this inflation is driven by supply-side factors, uh, things that effectively they can't control directly and uh, demand-side factors as well. So uh, interestingly enough, you know, our capacity utilisation is as high as it's been on record in Australia which kind of points to the fact that maybe more than anywhere else in the in, in uh, the d- developed world, Australia's inflation has been demand-side driven. So there's just a, a an idea to ponder as well.
0: Yeah, I've I've said it many, many times that uh, the level of demand and the uh, the mismatch we're seeing has been grossly underestimated by people out there who've just said it's all supply side factors. It's not. We know that there's a productivity challenge, not in in Australia, but abroad as well. But uh, the demand side is clearly evident, and we're seeing that in a lot of different areas as well. Uh, not just when it comes to inflation but uh, just aggregate sales figures and the like and you know, why so many retails are still reporting pretty robust figures coming through where I uh, know we're doing pretty well on that front so there's lots of people in employment and wage growth despite not being uh, in a positive in real terms is still picking up so yeah the impetus is there look uh, we've uh, we've covered a lot of ground today for a day which was relatively quiet in the, uh, the broader scheme of things for corporate and macro news but uh, famous last words are probably start to pick up tomorrow call it a day? Yeah call it a day see what